and welcome to Myth Takes. Uh, we're in a very interesting spot because the last episode, we took a turn. We took a major turn and we've made a decision that will potentially forever change the rest of this game. Uh, so <laughs> that's just going to have to be where I leave it at, I guess. I don't know. I, I could get into it, but I feel like that's doing us a disservice here. So let's get right into oh the swing my. of things. Uh, my name is Colin Parker. I'm your pod boss, your keeper, your best friend. Uh, and according to Zoom today, I am your dog enthusiast. Bark, bark. Uh, <laughs> Pet smart needs to answer for their crimes. My grooming has gone terribly. <laughs> Uh, and with me today is Lindsay Nelson. Hello. Hello. And Lindsay, what character do you play? I play Noctis, who is the summoned, um, but, you know, really just a very nice person who just likes to cook and read books. Doesn't really want anything to do with the apocalypse. <laughs> and also with us is Morgan Spatola. Hello. Hi. I'm here. I know how to record a podcast. I do this all the and, time. <laughs> and what's your character? Um, I play Allie, the monstrous. And that is all the information that you're going to get from us. <laughs> if you haven't heard, sorry, if you don't know them by now, you're in the wrong episode. Go back and <laughs> listen to previous things. Okay. We had a huge moment, uh, actually, that both of you were there for uh, about a year ago both like in real life, but also in the game. <laughs> a full year goes by and it's almost unsettling, right? Because at first you join on to this team, maybe because you don't have any other choice or maybe because you feel some sort of higher calling, whatever it may be, you're now part of the team. You're out there fighting cryptids and, you know, uh, people even. <laughs> and... It seems as though, you know, the, the missions are getting harder and harder and the things that you face get tougher and tougher. And uh, they also become more frequent. And then suddenly, after your last mission, everything almost completely falls off. For the first month or two, there's no activity on like a grander scale. And then within a couple of months, there's sometimes some false alarms or smaller kind of, you know, tips or hotline things or whatever you want to call them that people act on. So during this year, these sort of, this sort of lost year in time, I would like to know a couple of things. This is almost like a bunker break, but almost not. So let's go with Noctis. I'm going to ask you one thing about like in the field and then one thing off the field. Let's do on the field first. So there's a lot of kind of quieter missions. Instead of going off in teams of three and four, there are a lot of missions of just sort of duos and sometimes even people just going out on their own to see if, you know, like a, a, a secret uh, or whispers that people hear on the internet or anything like that are true. Um, what is a mission that you went on, whether solo or with someone else? Um, and what did you, what were you there to find? Um, Noctis went on a mission to, I don't know, the California cryptid is, uh, shadow people. Um, and so there was shadow people rumors that Noctis went to go check out to see if they were actually like, 
uh, living darkness because that's one of Noctis's like creeping darkness is one of their attributes to go see if they were actually something real like that or just rumors and they were just rumors. Mm. And dur during this, you know, this year long uh, quieter time, during these sort of quiet, quieter missions, the easier missions, what is a mission that maybe, sorry, not, not the mission itself, but what was a mission that you went on where someone surprised you? You know, whether that is of a stranger, um, a kind gesture from one of your fellow hunters, uh, just something that Noctis, I guess, just wasn't really expecting uh, or planning for, and it took them just entirely off guard. Uh, they told an intentional joke for the first time when they were hanging out and it got a laugh and they were super excited about that because they'd never really been able to fully grasp humor to like really accurately before. So they were very proud of themselves. Well, now it's time to be put on the spot. What was the joke? <laughs> <clears throat> the joke was how many surrealists does it take to change a light bulb? Uh, how many? Fish! <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. That is so noctis. <laughs> that is. Um, oh, man. Even though these people aren't here, I'm, I'll, I'll say Garth, who usually just goes, oh, that's funny. <laughs> Garth actually, like, lets out an actual laugh and almost seems surprised, like, like has to cover his mouth and is kind of like, I don't know what what came up. That was <clears throat> that was very funny. And then <laughs> then finally does his normal thing. Uh Lucy. Lucy smiles, which oh. I feel like is probably the best anyone can get out of Lucy. <laughs> you know, and I feel like that's like a moment where everyone's like, Did you see me? <laughs> uh, damn. <laughs> So we know that, you know, Noctis has done a lot of reading. Noctis has done a lot of cooking. Mm -hmm. um, basically just a very artsy, uh, you know, crafty sort of person. Crafty is probably the wrong word, but crafting, perhaps, mm -hmm. kind of um, being. So what is something that was, hmm, whether it was like the hardest book that Noctis read like in terms of you know understanding the concepts or perhaps like the most difficult recipe that they've ever come across but that that they've done successfully as well i don't think noctis has probably ever failed at cooking actually now that i say that but i you know i think you know what I yeah mean. yeah uh i definitely think um you know noctis got very into the Discworld series, which is part of their ambition to actually intentionally tell a joke, uh, be funny on purpose, because coming okay. to grips with the humor, the satire in those was a big challenge for them, but they loved them a lot. Um, and then they got into, um, they got very inspired by Cottagecore uh, this year. <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, they're trying to make this really elaborate apple pie with all of the, with like a cutout apple tree on top of the pasta crust. And they kept just really having a hard time nailing the like proper thickness and pliability for the, so when it came out perfect with like all the details intact, they were really excited. <laughs> I love that art imitates life a little bit, uh, in this moment. 
Um, and I, I feel like that's very, very good. And also like kind of nice because the lost year here uh, that we have was unintentional, like to be like an IRL thing for us here at MedTakes as well. Um, so I kind of like that it's also sort of this look into our quarantine lives a little bit. Because I feel like I, you probably have posted about Cottagecore before. I almost said Cottage Cheese, and then I went, wait, Cottagecore, <laughs> Cottagecore. But I feel like the last, I want to say maybe four or five months, is when I've seen, you know, on social media, especially like in like little Facebook groups that we're all in, I've seen way more Cottagecore, you know, related posts now. Uh, because I get like the notifications mm -hmm. of like, oh, Lindsay Nelson has posted. And you're like, oh, okay, let's go see what this is. Um, so yeah, that's very fun. That's very cool. And I like that Noctis is just sort of finding like a sense of home. Even if the bunker is honestly probably very drab, not physically cold, but just like cold mm -hmm. environment. I like that it's kind of like, hmm, happy home. <laughs> um, now, Allie. What was a mission that you went on where you thought it was going to be easy? You thought it was going to be simple. Uh, and then you can tell me if you went on it alone or if you took someone with you. But it was difficult in a different way than you were expecting. Whatever you fought may have been an easy win. But an opportunity presented itself for your curse, your need to feed arose. Uh, did you fight it? Uh, did you give in? You know, paint this scene for me. Okay. <laughs> um, so she, she always thinks everything, every quest, quest mission is going to be easy. And then it always ends up not being easy the way that she thought it was going to be. So she just kind of jumped into this one and was like, yep, we're good to go. Just going to go deal with these, you know, supposed aliens out in the desert. Got a, a weird monolith out here. We're going to go check that thing out and, uh, you know, whatever and see what's up. And so she went out there and it wasn't aliens. Um, it was some other sort of, ancient desert beast that was um making its presence known but it ended up just needing like to be appeased essentially instead of actually having to fight it so it ended up being pretty easy to just be like hey can you not put your monoliths here because it's kind of freaking everybody out so let's just like you know like we can reach an agreement and be pretty chill with each other um but there was a moment in the little town where that was kind of the home base area um when her curse sort of struck while she was speaking with somebody, um, trying to get more information. And, um, and she, you know, I think that's kind of like her worst nightmare is like preying on innocent people. Cause that's not something that she wants to do. And that's not something that like she considers to be like right or okay or something. Um, so she did try to fight it, but I think she, eventually did sort of not win against herself in that moment and probably left that person okay and fine. But there was like a minute where she was like, I'm going to take your soul now. And then like snapped out of it partway through and was like, ah, shit, like, what am I doing? Oh no. And then felt really, 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 really bad about it for the rest of the time and probably still feels bad about it. Um, so when you say like halfway through, do you mean like you were actively taking it or do you mean like halfway through like stating that you're going to do it. Oh, no, no. So while she didn't tell them, but, you know, in her brain, she was like, I'm doing <laughs> well, this okay, now. Um, but no, like actually in the act of, of 
soul eating and then realized partway through, like, you know, kind of like snapped out of that, that trance or whatever partway through. So what, what does it, I feel like we may have talked about it once before, but I mean, again, it's been a while since we've heard from Allie. What does it look like when you do this? Is it just sort of like, you know, a, like a energy aura passing from one person to another? Do you have to like physically like hand on a person? Can you do it from like, like, you know, or you know, I don't know what to look like. Um, I described it once to completely rip off Harry Potter, like the Dementors kiss where like she does have to be in close range. Like on my sheet, it says it's intimate. Like that's the range. Right. So she does have to be like very close to that person. And then it does essentially uh, become, you know, like literally sucking that person's like life force out of them and into her own self. So that's sure. kind of what it looks like. Uh, and you know, actually, this is a question I've never asked before, but I've never th- and I've never thought about. But something that you just said made me think of this. So here's an, an, a bonus question for you: because you're, I don't know what the term for it is, half blood, half half, because you're like half one species, half mm-hmm. another. Mm-hmm. You know, um, when you do feed, right? Does this have any sort of permanent effect on you? Like, do you, is it like a thing where you start off sort of like halfway between, you know, the, your different parents side and then like the longer you go, maybe the more human-esque you look or if you, like the more you feed, does it, you know what I mean? Like would it, I you know, don't, like vampires can sometimes look like normal people and then yeah, like, you know, yeah. so I don't think it does, but I think she's afraid that it would. I think that's something that's a very real fear for her because like she, her whole thing has always just been like, I'm going to fit in, I'm going to be a human and I'm going to live my normal human life. And that obviously hasn't really worked out. Um, but I think that that's something that she is really scared of. And that's why she always tries to fight that curse is like, if I give into this other side, like how, what is that going to do to me? Like, well, how will that change me? And how bad is that going to end up for me basically? But I don't think it actually would um, just because, so she's, you know, half succubus and those creatures typically just look like regular humans, just like very gorgeous. And then there are some like monstrous attributes, but they don't look like total crazy demons, like in some uh, legends, which are the ones that I'm choosing to draw from. So Mm. Um, yeah, I don't think that would happen, but she's really scared that it would. Uh, okay. And then here's the last question. The one that's not related to fighting monsters and everything like that. Uh, during this year, uh, what is a time where you, okay. So part of, you know, Allie's mission was sort of to try to be, helpful to people who were sort of like victims of all these situations and everything like that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, since you've had close to a year with lesser missions, who is someone that you have visited or an area that you have visited to try to do some of that work, you know, whether to provide counseling to someone who is affected by one of the creatures that you all have fought or, you know, to check in on a victim or to check in on a victim's family if someone didn't make it or, you know, what have you? Um, I think she actually went back to Washington um, 
to just check in and make sure everything was chill because she made some crazy threats in that that little misadventure and um, she wanted to follow up on that and make sure that the fairy community there was not being hassled essentially and um, and partly to kind of track down um, oh god what was her name uh, the half vampire woman whose name I cannot remember right now but I remember her last name was Nordenholt, but I don't. Her first name was not Liz. So. Right. <laughs> but I can't remember what her name is. So she went For to go some ch- reason, I want to say it was like Alice, but I don't think that was right either. No, I'm, I'm thinking Jen or Jessica for some reason. Um, but regardless, she wanted to go find her. I don't think she was successful because that woman is very like good at hiding and not being found when she doesn't want to be. But um but she did go back to that area and kind of check in with the community there and make sure that like. You know, like, do you guys need any extra support? Like, do you need anything? Are you being bothered by these, like, annoying monster hunters anymore? Like, what's going on? Um, So that was, that's what she did, where she went. Um, Did you find any clues? Um, Well, I'll tell you what. Hang on. Uh, Why don't you roll 2d6. Okay. uh, Plus sharp. What is my sharp? My sharp is zero. Oops, that was a D4. Well, then plus zero, then. Okay, my 2D6 plus zero is going to be a total of 11. Damn, okay, yeah. so then... Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to get anything that good for the rest of the time. <laughs> yeah, uh-oh, yikes, that's not. That's a bad sign for the future. No, yeah. uh, so, okay, so I'll give you... You can ask me any question that you want about Norden Holt, and I will give you some sort of clue to go off of, whether, you know, you... Do something about it now or later, you know, or whatever, but you can collect on this now. I think the main question she would just have is, is she safe? Yes. Okay. Um, there w- was someone from the local grocery store, uh, like the Ma and Pa grocery store. Uh, shoot. Oh, man. Normally I can come up with names like on the drop of a hat and I can't this time. Uh. The bag and go, whatever. Um, <laughs> so you went to the bag and go, and someone there was like, "Oh yeah, you know, she uh, she came through here and picked up, you know, some some food for a road trip that she said she was going on, and then we haven't seen her since." All right. So I guess it's been a long trip, but you know, haven't uh, haven't heard from her. I haven't done any kind of voice acting for this, but <laughs> it's a okay. bit character we'll never see ever again. I imagine so. <laughs> they can sound like me. So that that's all, all you get out of it. Um, okay. You do go by her home. Uh, it has been completely emptied. But I would imagine that that is somewhat also a sign that she is safe because it uh, it is lo- looking to be rented out again. But like you know, the person there was also like, "Oh yeah, she moved out." Cool. Uh, not like never heard from her again. We yeah. tossed her stuff. Yeah. You know. Uh, so there you have that. Cool. Uh, so it is. Wait, when did I tell the other cast that their episode was in? Um, It is April. Yes. Okay, it's April. And Hank went on a mission with Buck, Natalie, and TJ. Uh, And they said that they would be back probably in about a couple days or so. Uh, They went out to the East Coast uh, to handle a situation that was forming just off the coast of uh, Virginia Beach, Virginia. 
it has been those couple of days and things are are quiet um but let's see Allie, are you at the bunker or are you back at home like around you know your your old man or what's going on no she just straight like moved into the bunker like and okay. had a talk with her dad and was like i got this job kind of and i'm moving and i'll come right. home and visit and that's it so okay so yes so you you two are both in the bunker so already those four people are not there uh garth is god knows where garth is these days garth you know is kind of on a little bit of a soul search for <laughs> sasquatch um basically was like hey if you got anything big let me know but in the meantime i'm out in the mountains uh here's a nice little picture of a fish i drew um <laughs> And it's like really, it actually looks more like a cat than a fish. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, but we all went, oh, that's nice. Oh, Garth, that's so cute. Um, Lucy, interesting, interestingly enough, is also out of the bunker. It's interesting that you went back to Washington because without telling anyone, Lucy has also gone back to Washington hmm. to do some research and searching of her own. And with that, that leaves just the two of you left in the bunker. Uh, it is quiet. CL3 is off somewhere, the robot, in case people don't remember who CL3 is. CL3 is off somewhere, just sort of, you know, tanking or tinkering around, but he's a pretty slow robot, so it's not like, you know, he's hastily making any changes in the bunker. Mm-hmm. So it's been... It's been a few days, really, since uh, it got this quiet. So what are you two up to uh, in the, like, more quiet than usual space? I am taking the opportunity to spread out in one of the, like, well, I guess not one of, probably the only lounge area, which <laughs> I assume is just attached to the kitchenette as well. It's, there's just a couch in that room, and I and it's considered the lounge area. And... Um, I have been going back to school, actually, too, to pursue a degree in counseling because that's something that I feel like is calling to me. So I'm working on schoolwork uh, and not in my room for once and actually able to just go, like, chill on the couch and do homework. So that's that's where I'm at. Noctis, where are you at? Uh, Noctis is making uh, tamales with chorizo and sweet potato and manchego cheese. And uh, they just finished Pride and Prejudice, so they want to watch one of the adaptations and are asking Allie's opinion about whether they should do the 90s British miniseries or the more recent Kira Knightley movie. Somewhere in the distance, like on the wind, uh, Taylor's voice uh, is like, what about the one with zombies, dude? Um, <laughs> Yeah, Taylor is also. I told out of the you, Doctus went but... very cottage core this year. So. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Um, okay. You two are both basically then um, in the same area. Uh, this is going to sound like an odd question, right? But like the thing is, we don't have a lot of uh, scenes in the bunker usually with people. We we tend to just sort of assume that people are living there, doing things. To move the story along, we go into the missions. But, like, when there's only two people, I feel like that's, like, almost awkward. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's easier to talk to people. 
have you two spoken to each other once today at all? Like since being in the same space, or are you just sort of coexisting in the in the lounge and kitchen area? I I feel like Allie feels really comfortable around Noctis. And it might just be like the demonic heritage thing, like feeling that connection <laughs> there. But like she is so comfortable around Noctis that like it might just be like, oh hey, like will you you know, taste test this, but in the way Noctis would say it. And she's like, oh yeah, it's good. And then goes back to her homework or whatever. And it's just like, chill. So, I mean, that's my, that's what I think. Um, Linz, I don't know about you, but. <laughs> no, I agree. I think Noctis feels probably more comfortable around Allie than almost anybody else. They've had a really, you know, good chill relationship and she's uh, Noctis spent that bit of time pretending to be her fake brother. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I forgot about yeah, Tim. Think, That's right. Yeah, Tim think, sells insurance. <laughs> yep. And does Zumba. Yeah. But um, That's right. I, I think Noctis is very, very comfortable around Allie and was just, you know, d- discussing which is the best Pride and Prejudice adaptation with true, true, her true. while right. uh, they were cooking. Right. So. Um, okay. So... And Allie says, I, I think the Kiara Knightley one's actually kind of weird. We might want to go with the, the miniseries, honestly. She just does that face. <laughs> I, I, you know, you don't know what mm. I'm talking about, but she does this face. Mm. So we should just do the series. Okay, is that an actual thing? Like, okay, this is going to sound stupid. I don't watch enough of Kira Knightley stuff to know. Does Kira Knightley do a face thing? She, she does a face thing. Um, uh-huh. and I know it is people can't see people it. Can on you the replicate have talked about, so. What is the face? Can you do it? I don't do know. It? Let me see if I could do it. It's like, like. I mean, it's. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like furing my brows and doing like pouty sure. lips. That's like her face. She's like, I think I love you. Or something. That's that's cool, my cool, cool. that's my Kira Knightley <laughs> cool. impression. Uh, check the Twitter account when this episode comes no! out. Uh, it'll be there. How could you do this to me? Morgan, that's not fair. I no, should have known better. Do Dirty that. pool. I, I should have known better. <laughs> no, you. Yeah, I was gonna say you know that I wouldn't do that to you. Uh, not without being like Morgan. I'm gonna take a picture. So get ready. Um, <clears throat> no. So okay. So you two are talking about that. You are hanging out and, you know, chatting about these things when uh, suddenly behind you, uh, you notice like, you know, the TV is sometimes just sort of like on, uh, just sort of there. It's not necessarily volume on. It's just sort of running, usually to see for like news stories or whatever. But there's an advertisement that you've actually seen quite a few times, like on the Internet and also, you know, occasionally when you go into town. But there's an advertisement uh, for the local uh, event that's happening during this part of the early uh, spring or mid-spring, I guess. Uh, it is the first circus of the season. And they are inviting everyone to come down because they've got all sorts of things. They've got acrobats. They've got lions that will jump through hoops of fire. And they have um, the spawn of hell. <laughs> Come on down to the circus of wonderment. <laughs> and uh, you know, poof! You know, as like the last moment that you see, and you know, the cloud of smoke goes up, and the commercial ends. 
What do you do? I'd say Noctis just, um, just kind of looks down at their hand <laughs> and looks back up at the TV. Allie looks at the TV and then looks at Noctis. Noctis <laughs> um, just shrugs. That, that, was, that was weird. That's weird, right? That was, hmm. Mm-hmm. Strange. I mean, I don't mean to ask like a super personal question, but you're like the only one of you, right? Like there's, there shouldn't be other ones of you anywhere. I, I don't think so. There was okay. a spell. If somebody recast the spell. Oh, that I'm sure that didn't happen. There's no way. <sighs> That's, I just, I mean, it's probably fake, right? Like, you know, they just want to make money, so they're just going to say that. Carnival. Hmm. I mean, we should probably just go. I mean, just to make sure. Like, I'm sure that it's nothing, but, like, we should, I mean, it'll be fun. We should just go. I've never had Nobody's cotton. Nobody's here. Yeah. You try cotton candy. Yeah, you could try cotton candy. You'll love it. It's very good. Uh, uh, so do you two head out? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess so. <laughs> okay, We so get ready to go to the, the circus. You two pop out. Uh, and as you leave, the, uh, like, you know, huge metal door, like the airlock at the top level of the bunker, you're like, closes. Uh, and just at that same moment, CL3 walks into the kitchen and says, Hello? Noctis. Hello, Allie. Is anyone there? Hello. He, CL3 is still making his way. He's So technically, sorry, he's still in the hallway. He has not quite made it to the kitchen, but he starts to make an announcement as he's walking in to save time, right? He says, We have just received a large... Power surge in the area, in the local town. It seems as if the fairgrounds has a large amount of. Hello. <laughs> Scanning. I am alone. <laughs> Noctis's kitchen timer dings. <laughs> if CL three could like jump, like startle, be startled, he would have jumped there. He just sort of goes, oh. Uh, and very casually walks over and is there something like in the oven or the tamales are steaming in a big pot on top of the stove (laughs) we just abandoned the tamales we just abandoned the tamales he very cautiously we were really bored (laughs) he very cautiously moves them just to make sure that they don't you know like overcook or anything like that and he says these will be good for later and just (laughs) slowly starts making his way back down the hall we should have invited CL3. Mm, we should have. And, they're uh, driving. They're dri- Allie's driving. She goes, oh, we should have invited CL3. <laughs> and then she goes back to driving. Hanging up behind the club on the weekends. Acting stupid, getting drunk with my best friends. I couldn't wait for the summer at the warp Tour. I remember it's the first time that I saw her there. Yes, hello. This is Colin M. Parker from uh, Scavengers Network Records. Scavengers Records. Uh, And I'm here to offer you a record deal, uh, TJ and the Sprinkles. 
Oh, what's that? Oh, hello. Yes, it's the ad break, and it is actually me, Colin Parker. Um, but I am not working for a record studio. But what you do hear in the background is Sam Grez's and myself playing the song Rock Show by Blink-182. Uh, it was like two years ago, actually, but uh, I, I just never shared it like here on this show for some reason. But essentially, uh, one time for Blink-182 day on the 182nd day of the year, uh, Blink and You'll Miss It did a special episode, and so TJ and the Sprinkles did a cover. And uh, that's me playing guitar and bass and doing backing vocals and then sam does all the lead stuff uh and then it's just drum loops anyway you're not here to talk about blink 182 though what we are here to talk about is this show and the, uh the little break here that we do in the middle just to keep people updated on things um just this past saturday we did a brand new episode of making myth takes to celebrate the three-year anniversary of myth takes I'm very excited that we've made it this far, uh, and I I feel very confident in saying that that will be the last one before this campaign ends. Now, I want to be specific. When I say that this campaign ends, it does not mean that the show ends. See campaigns, if you're not familiar with you know, actual play podcasts uh, very much, understand that campaigns are kind of like seasons of a television series. So... This is season one, and it's been very long, I, I understand. We had an unintentional hiatus in the middle there, sorry. Uh, but essentially, you know, season one will come to an end. Um, we'll take just a tiny bit of time off, not even a lot, just a little bit to sort of kind of uh, let it sit, and also to let us all rest just a little bit. Uh, and then season two will begin in full swing. Season two has actually already began to record, so that, that way we're not... Um, kind of constantly fighting the schedule of time, uh, it's just going to be kind of there, and it'll be very nice to then record season three while season two is premiering. It puts us ahead of schedule, and it just, uh, it makes my life easier, you know? I want to also give you a very quick heads up, and that is on the fact that uh, even though all this stuff is recorded, and I'm actually editing this earlier than we normally do, um, th the schedule could be slightly wonky. Uploads might be like maybe a day late here and there for the next, um, for the next month. So basically the next two episodes, uh, because the next episode I will be just getting back, uh, home from, uh, visiting my parents. Uh, and so, you know, I might be a little, well, I'm not flying, but I, I, I will be for lack of a better term, jet lagged because it's a very long drive. Uh, it's a 16-hour drive and over a 1,000 miles. So, you know, I don't know if that episode will be out directly on time. I'll do my best. The episode after that also falls on a week in which I have a gig that is like over 100 hours over the course of eight days. So I'm going to try and edit ahead of schedule. If I don't and if I like don't have that ability... I will put it out on the next possible day, which would be basically the, the following Monday. Um, but I just want to let you know, you know, just sort of what to expect from those episodes. And then by August, everything will be back on regular track. Everything will be normal. There shouldn't be any reason for things to be wonky after that point. July is just a very long and tough time for me, um, schedule-wise. Uh, okay, and that's really all that I have to say. Um, if you... 
have been enjoying this show, it would be great if you could head out to patreon.com slash the scavengers network. Uh, for just $2 a month, you can support the network and get all the bonus content from this show uh, and from every other show here on the network. Uh, it's uh, it's a great place to be, and we put out a bunch of stuff. Uh, I'm putting out a mini-series this summer, uh, the first episode of which aired the day that I edited this, which was uh, Monday the 28th of June. Um, doing a little mini-series bi-weekly, kind of like Myth Takes, really. Um, it's going to be five episodes total, one in June, two in July, two in August. Uh, and it's about ska music. And it's, uh, I don't know, I think it's very fun. I think it's very cool. So uh, you can check that out. And there's all sorts of cool bonus content. Uh, I think it's really cool that we do things that are specific to shows. So there's, you know, like I said, there's Myth Takes behind the scenes and stuff like that. But there's also things where, you know, you take people from multiple shows get them in a room together and just create something entirely unrelated from any of our shows, but just like still having the ability to listen to the creators you love doing something fun that they enjoy. Uh, so yeah, patreon.com slash the scavengers network, $2 a month. Check it out. Uh, and with that being said, follow us on Twitter at myth takes cast, hit us up, chat us up, give us your theories, your, questions, stuff like that, you know, we'll answer whatever we can. Um, Making Myth Takes number three will go up at some point in the near future, um, just so people have access to it and, you know, can listen to it and hear what we have to say about sort of what is going to be happening on the, uh, we're now on the back half of season one. Um, We're actually kind of like, uh, I guess technically we're in the, we're in the last third of it really. Um, So yeah, we're getting, we're getting close to the end. I know it sounds crazy, but uh it's still going to be a little bit of time, but I mean, it is it is approaching faster than I think you think it will be here. Uh, and I'm just really looking forward to it. This has been such an amazing project, and uh, I'm just really proud of what we do. So now that I've gushed at you for about five minutes, let's get back to the mystery at hand. Okay, so you two arrive at the 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 circus, the carnival, whatever you want to call it. I I think they're technically the same thing, right? Well, carnival has like rides and games. Circus is just the show that's a itself. Good yeah. point. That's but a good point. But circus is like the centerpiece of the carnival that's, that's, that surrounds it. Yeah. Okay. So that's so that's what it is. It's like a large carnival, and then in the center, under the big top, right, mm-hmm. is the circus, yeah. right? How many um, rings is the circus? Uh, hang on, I'm gonna roll a D. Oh no! <laughs> roll a D. Let's say eight. Oh god! Six. There are six rings That's in this so circus. That's so many rings. It's so many rings. It's a lot of performances uh, happening. Holy cow! It is massive. Uh, and uh, it, it it actually seems completely unsafe, and yet somehow. <laughs> It like legally, when you look at it, just even from the outside, you're kind of like legally. This feels like a moral gray area, um, but uh, it's it's happening. So so like my, any circus, sure, basically. Yeah, fair too. <laughs> well, I don't mean for the safety of like necessarily the like the animals because they clearly never care about that. Um, I just mean more of like for the onlookers even. It's oh, like yeah, there's so absolutely. many things. How does like the flaming uh, like, you know, spinning artist guy not somehow 
you know, catch this whole place on fire since he's on the top rope. Because on the middle rope is the man doing the thing with, like, monkeys hanging off of his body and they're making a giant, you know, extra person. I don't know. I can't. It's hard to describe physically what circus <laughs> things look like. I've just discovered this. There was there was a time in the uh, early 1900s that there was a giant tent fire that happened at a circus, and it basically like signaled the end of tent circuses. And <laughs> they started having indoor circuses instead of pitching tents everywhere. Um, I watched a really long documentary on it recently, and it was very well, interesting. This so. company has not been paying attention to that because <laughs> they, it's no, they don't care. Very, That's fine. <laughs> it's probably very legally like yikes territory. Yeah, totally. Um, but you get there and you see just a bunch of stuff. There's kids screaming their fucking heads off with like almost no supervision. Again, unbelievably like just not safe. Um, but, you know, they've got cotton candy. They've got their faces painted. Um, they've got large plushies that they've either bought or won or whatever, right? You know, you got like, come on, come on, come see if you can knock them all down, right? You know, hey, step right up, step right, you, you there, sir, you, right? And you see like a big, like, burly guy, like, curly Q mustache, like, <laughs> looks like an ancient, like, uh, those, like, old-timey, like, you know, body lifters. Uh, and he is also a part of the act, but he's standing out by, like, a thing for you to test your strength. And he's like, oh, you tiny man, you come, you try. <laughs> it's like, see if you beat your Vladimir. Oh, no, <laughs> weak man. America, not good country. Move on. Right, and, like, he keeps trying to... But then, like, of course, if a kid comes up, he, like, secretly flips a switch to make the kid feel, like, super strong. He's like... Oh, big, strong lad, you will grow up and do very good for country. And everyone's like, okay, sir. All right, okay. <laughs> He's like, continue to eat your eggs. Okay. Uh, so, you know, you see this a bunch of stuff happening. It's kind of pandemonium. Uh, the main event uh, starts in 30 minutes. Uh, so I have two questions. The first one is... Do you just sort of go as yourself, Noctis? Or, you know, because it is like a circus and all this other stuff, like, you know, there are people dressed in sort of kind of outrageous outfits and stuff. So do you sort of are, are you kind of like, I'll blend right in? Or are you like, eh, just in case I will put on blank and blank or whatever, like your normal, uh, what's the word for it? Like field attire. Yeah. I mean, Noctis's only piece of clothing is a big uh, black canvas trench coat. So those pretty much their only look. And since they can't really appear normal anyways, and they've never been to a circus, they don't know what the, you know, dress code is. So they're just, they're just, I think their normal situation. I think as ever, Ali is prepared to use the powers of persuasion to convince people that, no, sure. this is my brother, Tim, a normal person. <laughs> yeah, I guess I was, uh, my main thing was, because I, I knew about the trench coat, which kind of also kind of hides like the fingers and stuff like mm-hmm. that usually, because it's like the longer sleeves. But I was wondering almost like about like the hair. Do you ever put like a ball cap or any kind of like hat to sort of put the shadows up on, does that work like that? No, I think I does it work like <laughs> the shadows into the hair? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know because, because like, my, it's like hair, it, but, it's, but shadows. it's shadows. Yeah. So like, yeah. I was like, can it actually be manipulated into, you know, or like, like Peter Pan shadow probably, can like staple it to something else? I think it probably of? could put it up under a hat or something. It, you know, it's, it, it behaves. They just have fairly those... similar to hair. 
You know those really big scrunchies that like people use when they have dreads because like their their ponytails are thick, so they have like big big scrunchy or like hairband and it's extra strong. Like that's what you use, and you use like an extra strong hairband and you like wrap it all up and then put a hat on top or something. Yeah. Very good, very good. Um, okay. Uh, every so time Allie turns around, I am the- carrying oh. another food item. So I've got like a snow cone <laughs> and cotton candy <laughs> and a pretzel and uh, ca- uh, candied apple. So, yes. Okay. Um, okay. Cool. So that actually does answer part of my my next question, which was: so you have thirty minutes before the main event begins, or rather, I guess, to like you can like start entering for the main event or whatever. Um, but uh, you know, what, what do you spend your time doing? Do you just wander around and check all the stuff out like a tourist? Or are you kind of like poking around, like investigating? Um, I mean, I think Allie, you know, the eternal optimist until things break bad, just like is like, oh, we'll just have fun and then we'll see the main event, you know, and is like, this is your first time at the carnival circus. So look at this and look at that. And it's kind of like pointing everything out. Maybe they play the game with the milk jugs. <laughs> and like, since both of them are super strong, they like just obliterate the jugs say. and get like the biggest teddy bear or whatever. <laughs> so Allie's got a big ass teddy bear and then Noctis has like all of the food. <laughs> and they're just like walking around looking at shit. <laughs> Uh, and then what is your review of each of these foods that you have found? Because <laughs> I would very much like to know Noctis's opinions on all of these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, cherry snow cone, five stars. Pretzel, <laughs> two stars. Not enough salt. Uh, it's fair. Cotton candy, three stars. Fun, but too sweet. Uh, and they're very mm-hmm. into the mm-hmm. candied apple that also receives five stars. Yeah. And they're debating about trying uh, the deep fried Oreos. So, yes. <laughs> okay, I have I have uh, two more items I would like to inquire about. Uh, a foot-long corn dog. Um, uh, three stars, too much breading. Okay. Uh, and then the other one is... Um, Oh, I just I just had a memory of something that I used to get at these places. Oh, funnel cake, duh. Mm. Oh, funnel cake, uh, definitely five stars. Perfect texture. Oh yeah, very good. Yes, yeah. love mm. it. Uh, okay, man, I want to get just with powdered now. sugar. I know that's kind of not with like the strawberry uh, goop because it makes oh, it soggy. No. Oh, okay, I mean yeah, yeah. the flavor is good, but, just in, like, yeah. but they like the texture, so they just hard the... to eat while moving too. You know? Yeah. 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 Funnel cakes kind of remind me a lot of like beignets, mm-hmm. uh, which like, you know, as someone who lives in New Orleans, like I love that, uh, especially because like it's the same thing where it's like fried dough and then an entire box of confectioner's <laughs> sugar, just like like a mountain of cocaine from um, uh, Scarface. You're just sort of like, like face planting into on like, the bottom. Yeah. And you're like. Oh, beignets, uh, you know, eating your own supply. All right. Uh, so, okay. So, okay. I love, I love sugar this all of... over Noctis's black trench coat. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love that. Um, I love that. I love this. Like, I, I want, uh, I wish in a way that there was a way to, like, get real life Noctis TikTok reviews of, <laughs> of, of these things. Um, we had to find some elaborate 
like ways to get Noctis to some places. Um, okay, so you do all of this, and okay, so so there's no investigating necessarily happening. So one second, I do need, I do need to make a mark actually. Am I? Uh, so you hear sort of like a fanfare of music, right? And you hear so, like a carny somewhere going, You may now enter the big top. The big top is now open for all of the patrons. Come on down. Right, so he's, you know, kind of screaming and hooting and hollering, right? And there's other people, you know, like at other entries and stuff like that doing the same thing. Uh, so I'm assuming that you'll go into the main event? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Allie and turns how... to Noctis and says, where do you want to sit? That was going to be my next question. Oh, That's cool. Noctis nods towards the back back top of the bleachers. Because mm-hmm. their hands are full. <laughs> okay. That also so they sense. go to the back back top of the bleachers. And they pull popcorn out <laughs> uh, of the wait, pocket which, of the trench coat and offer it to you. <laughs> okay. I take the popcorn. Happily. Ooh, uh, how's the popcorn? Allie thinks it's fine. It's whatever. I don't know what Noctis thinks, but Allie's like, eh, it's, it's popcorn. It's fine. Yeah, Noctis is similarly underwhelmed. They're gonna, yeah, stick Wonderful. with the candied yeah. apple. <laughs> Which ring are we in front of? <laughs> uh, hang on one second. Let me roll a d6. Oh, you're gonna roll. Okay. Or roll a d. Yeah, yeah, because I said there's six, right? So roll a d6. Yeah. You are in front of the fourth circle. Great. Um, actually, okay, you know what? I'm going to retcon something. I'm going to say that it's... F- no, no, no. Six, six actually makes total sense. Because okay. it's almost like a star, right? So there's five on the outside. And then one in the and center. And then there's one in the d- dead center. And that's that actually a, a larger it's, one, basically. Okay. But that is where, you know, the like uh, the, the MC mm-hmm. of everything, right? So, uh, you know, you're sitting there and the, the light's dim. Uh, and then there's, you know, a spotlight. And it's like... And there's all this music and like kind of just like an explosion, like uh, like fireworks, like indoor fireworks, just not a huge thing, but just like enough to be like, Pa-pa! and you're like, oh, God, you know, because you're not expecting it. Um, and the loud music begins, and basically everything that you'll see that evening uh, just sort of parades out into the different circles and kind of wanders around a little bit, just to sort of like, you know, how like wrestlers get into like in like the like WWE type wrestlers get into the ring and they go up to like one corner and they're like, let me hear you. And then they walk to another one. They're like, let me hear this side. Right. Like it's like that sort of thing. But occasionally it's like an elephant being like, I'm making a, a, a symbol of like it, it like waving its big ear. And like With kind its of like trunk, a little it puts bit. its trunk up to <laughs> yes, its ear. Yeah, it puts the oh, trunk up be behind so its ear. Oh, it's so cute. Um, I love elephants. And, uh, you know, you... They don't bring out the clown car yet because that would obviously be like letting you know. But like, there's a couple clowns, like not a bunch, but you're kind of like that can't be all they have, right? Like, it's such a huge circus. Like, you, you're telling me there's only three clowns? I don't think so, right? But they're out there doing some sort of, you know, um, three stooges type, you know, stuff. Like very slapstick, very, you know, one does one thing to the other, ducks just in time to boink, oh, you know. Uh, there's uh, some trapeze type artists. There's some all this other stuff, right? And it's you know, kind of a nice little spectacular thing for, let's say, like two minutes or so, just so everyone sort of gets a, a full thing and uh, a 
you know, male's voice kind of comes through the speakers. It's like, and now presenting to you the master of ceremonies, Mr. Who's a Wits. And there's another, just like in the commercial, there's a large explosion of smoke, uh, but it doesn't hang around very long, right? And you see a very, very short man uh, standing in the dead center on a platform that was not there three seconds ago. Um, and it's about six or seven feet off of the ground. Uh, the man himself is honestly like maybe four foot tall at most. Uh, and also has a full foot long hat on top of his head as well. <laughs> of course uh, he does. So he comes in, takes off the huge hat, you know, kind of does like a little bow. People are like screaming their minds off, right? As if he's some sort of major celebrity, but you've never heard of him. Um, and, you know, a microphone ascends from the ceiling and he, and he says, Hello there! Welcome to the magical mystery circus. I forgot the name. I fucking where it is. Hang on. Uh, the magical. Well, I'll I'll fix it in post. Whatever he says, he's like, "Welcome to the big show." I'm your master of ceremonies, and I'm so excited to get you all invited and interested into every main event that we have going on here tonight for you. And one moment, this voice is popping the <laughs> microphone to hell. I've got to turn this down. He's a little too much. There we go. Sorry if it clips for you. That's a little inside audio baseball. Uh, anyway, so he says, tonight we have a bunch of wonderments for you. And he points up to, you know, like a, a tightrope and... You know, there's someone doing like a fanciful little thing, doing something that again is like you know balancing something that is like if that tips too far one way, that guy's you know gonna die. And there's no safety net. I want to point out, right? There's <laughs> oh, like, no. there's like they are very confident in their skills, right? And he says, "We have strong men," and the big Russian guy is there just, ugh, ugh, and then like lifts up a car, and you're like, "Where did that car come from?" And it's like a full-on Hummer, and he's just like one handing it over his head and just sort of like pressing it and he's like oh yes you know um and uh you know he he you know does this sort of thing for 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 a minute or so right again i'm not going to go through every single person for like the third time uh but it's the same things that you saw outside you saw them all parading around you're kind of like okay it just seems sort of normal um and he says something uh, hang on. Okay, I need to see what kind of role this is going to be. Um, okay, no, I this because I I won't necessarily force someone to roll. It's just going to be your decision, basically. So everything is going on, and everything seems to be on the up and up. Uh, but then, it's it, you hear something that you don't think you see his mouth move during this, right? But you definitely hear this man's voice somewhere else right just like it doesn't sound like it's coming from the speakers it doesn't sound like it's necessarily coming from behind you or in front of you it's just sort of there um and this happens once and you probably think nothing of it it's just there's a lot of pandemonium people are screaming and hooting and hollering and then it happens again and you, it's so hard to make out what he's saying um but he is 
uh, sitting there and uh, you realize that people are still cheering and not much is actually still happening. Uh, and you hear him say, uh, this time a little bit more clearly, but once again without moving his mouth, for sure this time, he says, yes, cheer for me, cheer for all of us. Uh, and even does the little <laughs> finger tapping, like, you know, and like kind of eyebrow raise. Um, what do you do? I look at Noctis to make sure that I wasn't just imagining that, like, with an Noctis eyebrow nods. raise. Okay. Um, can I roll... I mean, I roll, but let me yeah. figure out what. <laughs> sure. I guess just roll. I'm just going to roll sharp um, so that I can uh, read a bad situation. That's what I would like to do. Sure. <laughs> That's a six. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, there's nothing Nothing bad happens when you do that, but you're just kind of like, oh, that's weird. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> Reading a bad situation and investigate a mystery, like, if you don't get it, it's just like, you're kind of like, oh, it's, what a weird situation. Yeah. Or, oh, it's a coincidence. Yeah. I'm hearing things. Uh, things Noctis like is going Noctis? to roll to investigate a mystery. Um, and... Okay. Hmm, it's only a three. And my... <laughs> my sharp is no longer <laughs> negative, but it's... Uh, oh, it's Still, it's now just a zero, so it doesn't have anything to help there. There are no consequences. There are no consequences. We are bad. But we just shrug. You, you're both sort of like, that's so strange. Maybe it's voiceover. You know, like, it's like, oh, what a weird situation. Um, and then that is when uh, the lights in the room begin to change. Uh, it was mostly, you know, white spotlight type of lighting with a little bit of color here and there, uh, like mostly in splashes kind of up near the top, uh, almost to sort of signify like almost like fireworks, but they can't do that inside because they don't want a big tent <laughs> fire, right? <laughs> At least that's the one thing they're not doing. <laughs> right. Um, but you do notice that things seem to be getting darker in the room. All of the spotlights, except for the one on the Master of Ceremonies, uh, seem to be going out. But more color is arriving. More color is showing. Uh, and somehow that makes the backdrops look different. The backdrops sort of like on, uh, like on the sides of like, you know, the, uh, sort of like behind bleachers and stuff like that, sometimes propped up in the middle of some of the circles to sort of uh, provide a, a backdrop for someone. Um, but it's never too tall so most people can still see what's happening um but the lighting is almost like a black light uh it's kind of a it's there's a little bit of red here and there but it's mostly like a deep purple hue throughout the room um and that is when you notice that these backdrops begin to move oh no and everything starts to shift and I would like you both to act under pressure uh, okay at least I don't have any <laughs> negative modifiers anymore yeah a it's an 8 for me okay 
So you will be uh, fine here, and we will. You will succeed to a certain extent, right here, both of you. But because of Allie's poor role, uh, it will bring unwanted attention, mm. which is which is really sort of where it's going to lead to. The reason why everything feels like it's shifting is because you realize that all of these backdrops, all of these props, all of the lights even that are in the room are turning. They are spinning. Uh, and it is a darker color and then a lighter color swirled together. And you realize that it is kind of a stereotypical hypnotism thing. And the thing is, is that because you two are not human, uh, you successfully are not swayed by this. You know, your your minds don't work the same way. You're not as uh, you know easily tempted or you know fooled by you know bright shiny things necessarily. But you can feel the room spinning. So uh, the way we'll do this is oh sorry actually, Noctis will be the one to draw attention. Since it's an eight, it's a big success. Uh, and Allie, you are successful, but you do feel dizzy. Okay. So you're not you're not um, like swayed by it, but it is visually like upsetting, like and like kind of almost makes you sick to your stomach. It's a good thing you didn't eat as much as Noctis because <laughs> you might hurl. Okay. Um, and everyone in the room is cheering still, but not in the same way. It's just a very slow clap, and people, almost like zombies, are going, hooray, hooray, yeah, stuff like that, right? Like, it's like, it's almost as if they have been slowed down. It's like, it's the same amount of enthusiasm, but just like really drawn out. And as you fight this and as you successfully do it, the man in the center slowly turns until his eyes meet yours and he says, Ooh, some other circus freaks. Oh, no. <laughs> Your life was a little more spooky. Hi, everybody. My name is Jordan Reed. And I'm Lindsay Reed. And this is Spooky Spouses, a podcast about ghosts and stuff. Tall tales. If you ever want to find out if a psychic is real or not, commit a crime <laughs> and then go to them and ask about the crime. Cryptid technology. That's why we can't find Bigfoot, because they don't have trackers. They don't have these apps that are like, here I am, going to the ice cream store later. Scary stories. <laughs> you know what you're going to do? What? Crap your pants. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. 
numbers in general. I just hear or see numbers and my brain shuts off. <laughs> you can find brand new episodes of Spooky Spouses every week wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> Excuse me, part of the Scavengers Network. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.